What's up, everybody? It's Skylar, and today on Speech Unfiltered, I want to talk a little bit about building your resume. And I also want to give you an overview of how my orientation to my graduate program went. So let's get into it. So I didn't have an episode last week because I was out of town on a little mini vacation before I start my graduate program, just trying to relax and have some fun with some friends before I get into the craziness of school. Also, I wanted to wait to give another episode so I could give you guys some information about how my orientation was because I knew that I'd have a lot to talk about. So that's why I'm combining this plus building a resume. That way it's not so centered around my experience, but also some useful tips for when you are applying to your graduate program. First, let's start with building your resume because in order to be able to go to graduate school, you have to have a good resume to complete your application to get into graduate school. In my last episode about the GRE, we talked a lot about how important a good GRE score is and a good GPA. Well, that is not all you need to get into a graduate program. You also need to show that you have experience outside of the classroom that will benefit you for a graduate program. When thinking about extracurricular activities or volunteer work or even work experience that you will want to do to build your resume for when you apply to a graduate program, you need to think about longevity as well as variety. This is because graduate programs want to see that you can remain committed to something as well as being open to trying new things. Your overall goal when building your resume should be what sets me apart from everyone else? And keep in mind that when you are trying to find something that will make you stand out from your peers, you also need to remember that you need to do something that truly interests you because you're probably going to talk about it in your personal statement and in your essay. And if you don't have a sincere interest in what you're working on, then it's going to show and they're going to realize that you just did that to build your resume and you didn't have an interest in what you were actually doing. So what I did on my resume to make me stand out from the other applicants is I had an entire section solely dedicated to leadership positions that I'd had on campus and off campus. I put this leadership section at the top of my resume right under where I discuss my education, such as my GPA and the degree I'd earned. I did this in order to highlight the various leadership roles I've been in because I know that the applicant panelists are not going to spend a lot of time reading these resumes. They have hundreds to go through, so they're going to skim and I wanted what I thought was most important and would set me apart the most to be at the very top. So when they're skimming down, they're gonna see that right away. This goes for work experience too. When you're listing where you've worked on your resume, put your most recent jobs and then work backwards from there. 
a babysitting job that you did four years ago is not nearly as important as clinical work experience that you may have. So I mentioned a little bit ago that you need to show longevity and variety in your resume. And I guess my longevity piece would be the different leadership roles I had. Whereas my variety piece was that I did a little bit of lab work. I was a supplemental instructor for two different communication disorders classes. And I also studied abroad. So I kind of jumped all over the map with what I was doing with my extracurricular time. And that was not necessarily in order to build my resume. Yes, of course, that was in the back of my mind. But I also just did what interests me. And if I had to make a recommendation to you... I would tell you to do the same because it's going to make what you're doing every day or however often a lot easier and a lot more fun. And I'm by no means a perfect applicant. There are people that did research, that had way more volunteer hours. You just need to find what best fits you and run with it because you can spend anything to make yourself stand out. You just have to find what you love, what you're interested in and what you think the people reading your application will be like, wow, that was damn good. The people working in these career centers are trained to help you know what will make you stand out to the people reviewing your application. They can also help you with grad school interviews, finding a job, pretty much anything. So I would definitely advise looking into your school's career center to see if they offer these kind of services. So now I want to transition into giving you guys a little inside scoop on how my orientation to my graduate program went. So my orientation was set up over the span of four days, Monday through Thursday. Wednesday we had LSU's overall graduate program orientation where it was more general information but the other three days Monday Tuesday and Thursday were specifically for my speech pathology graduate program and then Thursday was in person whereas the rest of the days were all virtual basically it was a lot of information because we were going all day for those four days for the most part. So Monday, I was completely overwhelmed. I walked out of the last Zoom meeting and I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. I could feel my anxiety level rising. I was thinking if this is any indication as to how the next two years are going to go, I will have no free time. I will be wallowing in self-pity but you know what? From what I'm understanding from people that have been through the program, from other graduate program students, this is just how it is. And you know what? That's okay because in the end, it's going to be so rewarding and I will have learned so much from my program. But right now, I'm a little stressed out, not going to lie. Also, the idea of teletherapy had been worrying me for a while, but... I finally found out who my clinical supervisor is and she has made me feel a lot better. She's super nice and hopefully I will know who my clients are going to be on Monday. I'm super excited to get started. But on Monday, we have a hurricane hitting Louisiana. So we'll see how the first week of classes go. 
because it'll be interesting. There's like two in the Gulf of Mexico right now. Anyway, I'm getting very sidetracked. Basically, there's a lot going on with orientation and clinical meetings and my graduate assistant position. And it'll be fine, but I just gotta get my to-do list done. For the graduate program by ASHA requirements, in order to become a speech pathologist, you have to have completed 400 clinical hours, 25 of those being observation hours, and 375 of those being clinical therapy hours. So here's where I screwed up. Please learn from me. Please don't do what I did because you will regret it. When I first decided to switch to communication disorders from being a biology major, I did observe a speech pathologist. For an entire summer, I worked with her definitely getting the 25 observation hours that I would have needed to complete this requirement by ASHA, but I did not record any of those hours. I had literally just changed my major and was not even thinking about graduate school or any kind of requirements that I would need. So I asked my clinical director if I could have the speech pathologist that I worked with sign off saying that I did receive those 25 hours. She told me that I would need to have the exact dates that I observed and the therapy types. Completely understandable, but this was like two years ago now and I definitely don't remember that. So I'm having to start over and I'm using Simucase to complete my hours. Simucase is like an online simulated therapy that you can watch sessions or you can practice. It's used a lot uh, if graduate students aren't able to complete therapy, especially after the pandemic began. I know that people in the graduate program last semester used this a lot to get their required hours. So in order for me to actually start clinicals this semester, I have to have four hours of observation for the clinical placement that I'm going into. So if that didn't really make sense, basically you have to have observed at least four hours of the type of therapy you're going to be doing before you can do it. So if you're going to be working with small children in a school-based setting, you have to have observed that before you can practice it. That is my goal for this weekend is to get on Simucase and watch at least four hours of early childhood therapy, articulation, and phonology therapy. My undergraduate program did offer an observation class that would have given me the 25 hours I need, but because I graduated in three years instead of four, I didn't have time to take any communication disorders classes that were not required for me to graduate. So I didn't get to do any of the electives that would have given me a leg up or have given me those observation hours. I'm not necessarily behind my classmates because I know that I'm not the only one in this position, but I'm just frustrated with myself for not having recorded those hours because that was valuable time that I pretty much just wasted. I mean, yes, I did still see the therapy and I did learn, but in terms of 
this is all recorded and I don't have to redo it, uh, I messed up. But it'll be useful because I'm getting a refresher on the different types of therapy because it has been a little while since I've observed sessions. So basically, if your undergraduate program offers an observation class that is not required for you to graduate, still take it because it will benefit you in the long run. And if your school does not offer an observation class, make sure you record the hours that you observe outside of school so you won't be in my position. Other than that, my orientation went pretty well. The only other thing that I was kind of like, is all of the clinic uniforms that they had for us were men's cut because the wrong shipment came in. So I paid for a men's cut shirt that is very large on me. And I basically just have to wait a couple of weeks before I can get the women's cut. So my first couple teletherapy sessions, I'm going to be looking a little goofy, but it'll be okay. Overall, this week was very insightful and very telling of how much I need to get myself back in gear to go to school because it's been a long break at home doing nothing. So if you're also going through your orientation or if you're going back to school, we got to Jump in, get it done, do the best we can, and then hopefully, after the pandemic relinquishes its grip on humanity, we can have some fun again. That was really dark, and I don't know why I just said that, but I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you learned something from my mess-ups and things I did right, and I will be back soon with another episode. Thanks. Bye.